There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see WCNTV another week i can't believe how fast time is flying my goodness this is wisconsin christian news television live stream and my name is michael heath and with the miracle of the internet i am hosting the show from augusta maine which is the capital city here in the pine tree state otherwise known as vacation land and y'all come out here from wisconsin this summer start planning your trips right now ignore the edicts from comrade janet mills the communist dictator of maine and just you come on up here you you lie to those people at the border that tell ask you if you've crossed a state border in the last 14 days you just tell them a big old bald-faced lie. i know it's wrong to do that as a christian but I, we're going to be talking with jake jacobs and he's going to talk to us about how important it is to learn how to live a double life when your nation has collapsed into communism. We're gonna be talking about that today with an expert in the matter, Dr. Jake Jacobs. He gave me permission very nicely to call him Jake. In a moment, I'm gonna introduce you to him. He's, I think he's joining us from Wisconsin on this, this great uh, miracle of technology called the internet. Before I bring Jake in, uh, just want to comment on how wonderful it is now that voting doesn't matter. I was I spoke in Pennsylvania, did a little stump speech for a few minutes at the opening of a conference in Amish country in eastern Pennsylvania on Saturday morning. And I was able to tell them, hey, look, you can vote for me as often as you want. You can just because after what happened November 3rd last year, we, we all know. it makes you feel good. Just vote for Mike Heath for governor, even if you're in Pennsylvania. Everybody got a big chuckle out of that. Of course, there is the serious side to the fact that we can't trust any the results of any of our elections anymore, unless we're going to get serious about uh, fixing them. So Wisconsin Christian News has a website that I always mention at the top of the show. I also like to thank my stu live studio audience for joining me. So this week we've got, uh, let me see, we've got Harry in here with us. He's our most, most loyal studio audience. And we've got Debbie. Thanks for tuning in, Debbie. Be uh, sure to share this link with friends and family who you think might be interested and tell them that they can uh, tune in, they can join us live and ask questions. And I'm going to pause, try to pause around quarter after for uh, questions or comments. I also encourage you 
to uh, feel free to jump in. You know, don't be don't be super rude. Otherwise, we might offend our guests. But uh, feel free to jump in and ask a question or make a point. That helps. Uh, that helps us to learn more. I think as as this goes along, and it makes this media more uh, ent more more interesting. So, Jake Jacobs. Uh, now, I was kidding him before. Uh, he has a bio online. Uh, Spencer, could you throw that bio up? I just want to go ahead and put it on the screen. I want to put up the most important uh, part of the bio, to me anyway. Go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of that. And uh, he, he says here, when he's not writing, teaching, or speaking, he loves watching the Green Bay Packers. We'll forgive him for that, us New Englanders. And he enjoys his fire pit at night, watching the heavens declare God's glory. Jake Jacobs, welcome to WCN TV live stream. Top of the afternoon, Michael, me lad. The only green I have is the Statue of Liberty here on my tie. It's the only green I could find. I put it on today just for you. That's right. This is St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, the great saint, a great evangelist, as you know. I, I read the book, How the well, Irish Saved Civilization. Yep. Excellent book. Yes. Yeah, it was. I, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, Ireland, great country. Of course, uh, the Marine Corps wouldn't even be a thing without the Scots-Irish, right? I mean, that's they, they oh my all... God, the Covenant Scots-Irish is the foundation of our Christian nation. You're right. You're right. They, they win all our wars for us. Before that, they won all England's wars for them. I love. I don't know if I read it in that book, but uh, the English were pretty smart. Whenever they fought those battles where they all lined up on a battlefield and they all yeah. walked toward each other, and then as they got within uh, a few feet of one another, they started shooting and killing one another. They also put the Scots in their kilts and their bagpipes right in the middle of the line because uh, scared the living daylights out of the other side when they saw these big burly men with wearing kilts and they heard the, the peal of that uh, bagpipe. And uh, the other thing that was true of the Scots, the Scottish infantrymen, was they would keep moving forward to the last man. They would not. They would not stop every until every last man was dead. And, and why they outlawed the bagpipe? Yeah, because yeah, it's called weapons of war. Seriously, you're right. <laughs> but I think you and I both know that the Scottish Covenanters they really love God's law and natural law, and it is the foundation of a lot of our founders' thinking. So you're spot on there. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for uh, joining us. And I, I, I'm only half kidding about the fire pit. I, yeah. In this day of, of COVID, uh, I find that in order to hold on to my sanity, like on a day like today here in Maine, we're emerging from winter, it's almost 60 degrees, the sun is shining. And I, in order to hold on to my sanity, I, I'm not going to do the fire pit because it tends to get real cold here, but I'll go out and take a walk in the afternoon and I'll just, uh, I find real uh, strength. I draw real strength from just looking at the trees, looking up at the sky, breathing in the air and, and, and there's really something I'm finding uh, uh, critical now. I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed hiding, hiking, but there's something really uh, essential about nature. And so that's why I'm, I'm kind of picking on you about the fire pit. Um, we Christians, uh, we, I think everybody, not just Christians, because of this World War III that we've uh, entered into as of about a year ago, uh, we're going to lose our minds if we don't reconnect with that idea that you closed your biography with watching the heavens declare god's glory you know michael it's interesting i i look out the windows of my office it's snowing here in wisconsin on saint patrick's day i can see my the wood for my fire pit 
but um, going way back in my walk with the Lord, it, to me it was, and I, I, I've been wired that way since I was a little kid, to go outside and look up at the heavens and talk to God. You know, in, in John 17, where it says that Jesus looked up to his Father in heaven. Yes, there's time for closet prayers, but there's also time for me going outside and to see the glory of God through his creation. And so I do have a, a spent a lot of time out there looking at the stars, enjoying nature. It really uh, helps me um, get a feel for what is said there in the Psalms. And plus, I have some of my friends, uh, we get together and we talk about life and life's issues out there. So, Jake, you're an author and you're, you've also been a, a school teacher in the public schools. Uh, how in the world did you do that? How did you? How... <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I teach at a private academy. Uh, I've taken a personal day off today. Um, well, I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. I was in the principal's office more often than a lot of the kids were in trouble because um, I would be teaching about the Judeo-Christian foundation of the nation. I was very politically uncorrect from the very first day I walked in the classroom. I understood that the textbooks had been uh, distorted. Textbooks had been uh, controlled by left-wing uh, publishers. It makes me think of Todd Gitlin, the radical leftist from Columbia University, who made the comment, he, and he, he was sad. He says, you know, we lost the politics of the 60s. Reagan became governor of California, you know. Nixon became president of the United States, but he said, we won the textbooks. And when I came into the classroom, first time I ever was in a classroom was 1978 in Tempe, Arizona. But when I started full-time in the 80s, I noticed the curriculum even back then, along with the textbooks, had been altered, had had political correctness put in them, and Christianity had been expunged out of much of the history within the textbook and the curriculum. So I made a point of augmenting and bringing that into the classroom. And over and over again, I was in trouble with my boss and or the superintendent of the district I worked in. Eventually, I defended Governor Walker um, over him trying to balance the budget in 2011, thus wrote the book Mobocracy, the cultural and political war to destroy um, our republic under God. Uh, it, my experience with my colleagues was absolutely appalling. They called Scott Walker, Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, and I would go to my colleagues and say, let me get this straight. A man who wants to balance the budget is equated to Hitler putting babies in ovens, which, as you know, is profoundly ingruous. And so I decided to defend that issue with the governor. Um, and I've seen, I've seen this for 23 years, so many years of this, this curricula control by the left. And as you know, it's, it's the reason we're having our problems in, this, in our nation today. It's what's happened in the government schools. And that has permeated throughout the culture because those kids who graduated with that indoctrination, that brainwashing, are now in, in, in the culture. They're in Hollywood. They're in uh, you know, HR uh, rooms. They're in boardrooms. These are the millennials and many professors in our universities who are perpetuating this uh, anti-Christian, uh, you know, anti-Western civilization worldview. Uh, I, I've been fighting it for four decades now. So, Jake, you have a book out. It looks like it's a new one, uh, Mob Rule, and the subhead is Unmasking the Radical Leftists at Our Doorstep. So you haven't been cowed by the complaints and by all the visits to the principal's office. In fact, you uh, 
uh, I'd love to read the book, but my guess is you're like me. It's only uh, made you hotter. It's only inspired you more. Um, I have serious discussions now with my wife. I'm running uh, just a month or just a couple months ago, decided I would run for governor. I'm not thinking about running for governor. I decided to run for governor. And one of the reasons I did is because of uh, what happened last year in 2020 and coming to the conclusion that all of us who know the truth, who love our country, who are patriots, have a duty like we've never had before in our lives to energize, to, to connect with, to marshal, to lead, to inspire our networks, whatever network whatever network that is. I mean, it might be the, the women's prayer circle in your church. It might, it might be um, a, a very small group of neighbors. It might be just your family. In my case, I have a history that included working in a very public way at the state level in Maine over two decades. So I have a lot of name, a lot of name ID. People recognize my name. And so I felt a duty to jump back into politics. I've been away from it for about 10 years, at least in terms of being in the headlines. I haven't stopped writing. But I sense from your book uh, cover and title and the narrative that you understand the risks and you understand the responsibility you have after living the life that you've lived. If you're like me, you're very grateful for what America has given you. And you see it all, correct me if I'm wrong, you see all of it just disappearing if this global communism is allowed to settle in and take charge, not just of the vision and the governance of uh, America, but of the vision and governance of the world. They, they fully, they've written it down. They fully plan to have no private property by 2030. And so, you're all in. You understand the risks. You understand the responsibilities. Jake, honestly, what do you think are the chances that we're going to pull this out? That we're going to stop them? That we're going to stop America from fall collapsing into a some version of communism, maybe somewhat similar to what the Soviet Union lived through uh, over that seventy-year period in the last century? You know, like uh, it, it invokes my memory, or at least historical memory, of Winston Churchill and FDR meeting on, in, on the Atlantic, singing "Onward, Christian Soldier." Uh, literally, both of them discussing that this is a war for the preservation of Christian slash Western civilization, and it's not hyperbole, Michael, when you say that we are at war. And it's, 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 it's an interesting coincidence, not a coincidence, but the fact that my subtitle of my book from nine years ago is The Cultural and Political War to Destroy Our Republic Under God. This is exactly what's happening. This is a war in the classroom. It's a war in the culture. It's a war that has actually infiltrated the churches. It's a war that was planned a long time ago, as you and I know, by Marxists, who took the, the vile, evil philosophy of Karl Marx, recognized that the dictatorship of the proletariat wasn't gonna work for my father, who you can see in this shadow box here, fought against the fascist Japanese during World War II, left home at 17 years old, didn't come home till he was 20, three years of his life dedicated to that war, to end national socialism and, and uh, uh, Japanese fascism. The point here is that the ultimate understanding is, is what, what 
so many people are taking for granted something that you and I were raised on our our parents or our grandparents that did not take these this this uh, the freedom of religion speech press and assembly and the right to uh, petition our government we, we don't take that for granted because I think we saw what our fathers our uncles their friends in my whole neighborhood where I was raised in Appleton the whole neighborhood all of our dads were in World War II the only exception was my next door neighbor. He was an older farmer. Well, he was feeding the soldiers. He was feeding us back then. Uh, so you're you're on to something. I, I know when people hear people like yourself or myself talk about that we're at war, it, depending upon when you talk to me, sometimes I have hope and other times I see this tidal wave of this yep. secularism, atheism, this what I call pigmentation politics, identity politics, cultural Marxism, you know, all the different labels that we've been getting it. But the ultimate enemy, the ultimate enemy within all the things I've just phrased is that Judeo-Christian worldview is in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yes. This is the struggle that goes back from the time when Satan, you know, quoted scripture and, and totally did a bad job of that with the Lord. And the Lord says, you don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the word, word the mouth of Yahweh. And, you know, when uh, Antonio Gramsci, the Italian Marxist, as you know, and, and uh, George Lukacs, the uh, Marxist who was taking over education in Hungary 100 years ago, they understood that if they could get within the institution, that the average person in America or in free Western civilization is not going to pick up a rifle because they most of Marx's predictions were wrong. They were way off. And in my papa who fought in a war, he's not going to pick up a gun. He was living in a middle class existence. He had a lot of freedom. But if they could slowly creep it into the culture, into the classrooms, remember Gramsci said it would take about 100 years. We're at that almost 100 year point. Uh, Lukacs tried it in Hungary, but the Christians of Hungary rejected it and kicked him out. And he had to flee, which, as yep. you know, he created the Institute for Social Research, what we call the Frankfurt School. But when those Frankfurt professors left Germany to come to the United States, which they said, by the way, was the most egregious, horrible, racist country in the world. But ironically, they came to our country to teach at Columbia to teach at University of Wisconsin-Madison, Brandeis, University of California, Berkeley. Those were the teachers of the 50s and 60s that became the teachers of a Bill Lairs, a Bernadine Dorn, of the uh, Students for Democratic Society, Weather Underground, who then became the teachers of the next generation. And that those are the ones right now that have disseminated this anti-Christian, anti-Western civilization worldview that uh, it really hurts my heart to say a lot of the millennials, and I'm not trying to indict a whole generation. I think you can exaggerate in all different areas with that, but far too many millennials who are now the leaders in the society have bought it hook, line, and sinker. And many of them came from Christian homes, too. Right. I say, Jake, that World War III started in the beginning of March. I think that what happened was the global communists I don't call it the global left anymore. I've decided in the past month or so to refer to them as the global communists. I think what happened in March of last year is they decided that Donald Trump's leadership represented an existential threat to something that they've spent a lifetime building. 
and they decided in March to go all in and they threw they've thrown everything from the that they've learned from their Marxist revolutions down through the century they've thrown everything at us in the past year everything they they launched the virus which wasn't anything really I mean 90 almost 100% of people survived but nobody talks about that because the organ of their propaganda is Western media they own through uh, through money through corporate ownership rules they own the media they own the mainstream media which controls the thinking of the boomers and the boomers are the ones in America who hold the most independent wealth they hold they hold the pensions and the retirement funds they hold all of the non-corporate private wealth and they have to be kept asleep during this war the cat I'm gonna I could go on and on about this but I'm gonna get to my my point and and ask you to comment on it to the victor go the spoils in this war now any war is reduced to two sides on one side of this war is the global communists who will use the phone and the internet as a surveillance instrument uh, if they win. That's the whole purpose of the technology for them. On the other side of this war, and there's really only two sides, are the people like you and I, Jake, uh, and tens of millions of us around the world who, who are excited by this technology that we're using right now, the internet and the phone and whatnot, but we have absolutely no interest in it becoming, or I should say, remaining a surveillance instrument. We want this technology and we will give our lives in this war to make sure that this technology guarantees and secures our privacy and the continuance of free speech and liberty, the continuance of political and religious free speech and liberty. Those two sides, Jake, are diametrically opposed to one another. And this represents a war to the death it's still an ideological war, and I haven't decided whether it's going to, uh, whether it has the potential to become a kinetic war. In order for it to be a kinetic war, you got to have geography, and right, we don't really have geography in this war because it is an information war. So we can't plant a flag in in a particular place and then defend that ground. It's a different kind of a war, but it is a war with two clearly defined sides, and one side's going to win and one side's going to lose. What say you? Woo, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Look, okay, for a couple things in my mind, and if I forget the second part, try to bring me back. All right. When you were talking about the, let's say, the financial backdrop, there's a cover of Time Magazine that came out last year. By the way, it, it was today, excuse me, last night, that the governor of Wisconsin, Governor Evers, shut down our state. Yep. and literally has has violated our state constitution a number of times by uh, demanding his his social distancing uh masking et cetera et cetera three or four times and, and, jake, and jake with the facts now known about the virus and its yeah. uh, its lethality this is communism isn't it because they're well, they are taking away our fundamental uh rights to our own existence to, look to it's, it's why i use uh, so many different terms before because you know in my world of debate, people, they think we're crazy when we talk this way, but I think we can validate it through the actual actions that's coming by this hardcore left. When you think of it, the, the origin of Marxism is really 
leftism of the French Revolution, the anti-Christian, anti-liberty, right. truly anti-liberty roots. Uh, Karl Marx and, and all these college students of the 1830s and 40s, they, they, it's not a coincidence they were in Paris. It's not a coincidence Ho Chi Minh was in Paris. It's not a coincidence that the big leaders of the Marxist movement uh, were actually, the, their revolution was the French Revolution. They didn't like the American Revolution because ours was predicated that our life and our liberty came from our creator called the Supreme Judge of the World in the Declaration of Independence. Right. So this is, this is incredibly multifaceted, multi-layered, but let me just say two things and hopefully I get it I remember this. Look, on the cover of Time magazine, when you had Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, Patricia Cullors, right, the founders of Black Lives Matter, uh, who, you know, I knew it many years ago. People thought I was crazy, but finally we discovered they, they claim that their ideological framework, right, we know this is an ideological worldview war, right, was Marxist. They were trained Marxists. Their heroes are Marxist. Their heroes could have been the, the student of, uh, of, of Marcusa, Herbert Marcusa, the Frankfurt Marxist, Angela Davis. Angela Davis, who gets $20,000 to travel the country every time she speaks to tell us how bad America is and tell us about white supremacy and implicit bias and all that terminology and verbiage that's out there right now. Well, the point is they're on the cover of Time magazine and the article inside of it said the overdue awakening, building centuries of racism requires systemic change it's from time magazine well i bring this up because if you look throughout the time magazine procter and gamble black lives matter american family insurance bank of america um uh, the twitter ceo jack dorsey you could have facebook ceo you could have uh, amazon ceo you see that within the corporate world they're actually giving millions and millions of dollars right the, you remember when they said they were going to give the capitalists the rope to hang themselves, that these greedy corporate fat cats are actually feeding the monster that will turn on then someday down the road. And so you're absolutely right. You're on to something here. Remember, in the 1930s, people don't realize it was the corporations of Italy and the corporations of Germany that worked along with the fascists and the national socialists. So this is this is a lot of this component going on and the roots go back by the way to the ccp people don't realize the propaganda giant that they have become incredibly sophisticated when it comes to uh technology when it comes to uh, propaganda when it comes to the bells and the whistles whether it be chinese hollywood uh i have chinese students right now and they to them when i tell them the truth about the cultural revolution of, of mount Zedong, they have never heard this before. And we're having a cultural revolution in America right now. And you're right to say its origin, its roots, its foundation is Marxist through and through. What we need to fight the CCP or even the uh, the DNC or uh, the uh, the CPA, which would be the, what, the Chinese Progressive Association, which is involved with a lot of these front groups for Black Lives Matter, is we need what I call a CCCC a Christian conservative counterculture. We've got to find a way to disseminate information, to have the strength within us, to have enough knowledge to fight those that are lying before us and, and to say with that knowledge that we have, what you're saying is a lie. It's why you know, television stations like your own are so important and we need more organizations like that to get this information out there 
So these young people can realize they've been lied to, no different than the young people of China, the Soviet Union, communist Cuba, Albania, Romania. I had the privilege of meeting Richard Wormbrand many years ago in Phoenix, Arizona, wrote the book, Tortured for Christ. And he talked about how important that was. You know, and this is something that I think is, is we're missing is, is we're falling asleep at the wheel while this Leviathan Marxist monster is growing in many tentacles throughout American society. We're, we're talking with Jake Jacobs. He's the author of Mob Rule, Unmasking the Radical Leftists at Our Doorstep. And unbelievably, we're halfway through the show. We uh, have reached the bottom of the hour where we take a two-minute break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Jake to uh, comment on uh, my prediction that uh, this war, if we don't step up, if people of goodwill the world over, not just in America, don't step up and defeat this global communist uh, uh, offensive that was launched one year ago, then we could be facing a death count from this World War III that would that that will make World War One and World War Two look like child's play. So when we come back from the break, we're good, we're going to ask Jake what he thinks of that very grim uh, future if we don't choose to fight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from simplycleanfoods.net, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Right now, Amazon Prime members will receive fast two-day shipping. Go to simplycleanfoods.net. That's simplycleanfoods.net. But do it today. At the McClario Firm, it all starts with family. We're here to serve you and your family, online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McClario Firm, your law firm for life. Start. Pornography is a destructive force. It destroys individuals, families, and fuels the out-of-control demand for sex trafficking. 45% of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. Statistically, more people view porn than who do not and struggle in silence. www.lynnfrederick.com. You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. lynnfrederick.com. Hey, don't you dare go to sleep because uh, maybe you're slipping into a groove. Maybe you've gotten used to, to putting on the muzzle when you go to Walmart because you're tired of the, being harassed by the Nazis there. And maybe you're thinking, maybe you're starting to believe a little bit of the propaganda coming out of your governor or 
coming out of the White House and out of uh, Washington, D.C., and maybe you're getting a little bit lazy and you're thinking that maybe if you get vaccinated, that this whole, and then you get vaccinated again, and then and then you get vaccinated 28 more times, you're thinking that maybe you'll be able to get on an airplane again, you're thinking, you're thinking that maybe things will relax and go back to, to, to normal. Look, folks, if we don't fight, if we don't fight, if we don't fight, this, there will be no normal, not just an old normal, there will be no human normal. There will be no space in your life or in the life of your family or in the economy of your family for your soul. Your soul, you will fall under slavery. This is what Marxism and communism, that's how it ends. That's where it ends. It ends with slavery. It ends with a bunch of uh, people who end up in political power, becoming the rich, becoming the controlling force in the society and everybody else is their slave. And the people of goodwill try to maintain their church, maintain their group, maintain their family. And the only way they can do it is by hiding. They live two lives. It's happening right now all over the world in communist left-run dictatorships. It's happening all over the place. The good people tell the government because they have to what the government wants to hear. You know, I told you at the start of the show, you got to learn to lie. And that's what happens under communism. Because if you don't lie, you die. You either lie or you die. You tell the government what they expect to hear from you, even though it's a lie, and they know you're lying, by the way, or, or you die. And if and then on the other side of the lie is the black market. And that's where you can get your meat. That's where you can get some of the stuff that you're going to need to survive. This is what we are building now. Jake, am I exaggerating? Not at all. In fact, I have... In front of me, I have a picture here of Alexander Solzhenitsyn. My hero. I love that man. Go ahead. I have to share this quote. We know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know we know they are lying. We know they know we uh, know they are lying, but they are still lying. In 1974, I was a freshman in college at Arizona State, and I read his speech called Live Not By Lies. The speech was translated by his wife, and he was allowed to finally, through negotiating, come to the West. And he was pleading with Americans back then to help the Soviets, who, as you know, suffered at that point already maybe anywhere between 20 and 30 million uh, Soviet citizens had been killed by Stalin and Brezhnev and others. And his whole point was that people had been so worn down, they had been so fooled, they became so comfortable with the status quo that Marxism delivered, they were living by lies. So when they went to work, they were silent. When they, when, when they had a meeting and lies were being perpetuated, they never spoke up. And his whole point was have the courage, the intestinal fortitude to actually stop living by lies. And I, I'll tell you right now, I've been in education for first time I ever walked in a classroom was 1978, the lies upon lies within the media, within the counterculture, within Hollywood, all around us, it's, it's exploding. And, and I told my students just the other day, we cannot live by lies. Our job is to, to speak forth the truth with the strength that we have in, in the spirit of Nathan Hale, who said, I, as before the British were going to kill him, I regret that I have but one life to live. This is something I think we need to recognize. When I think of 
of so many of my heroes from, from World War II, and I think of them, what the sacrifice they gave, I think they understood that. When those boys rushed the beaches of Omaha, and almost 10,000 of them died to destroy the lie. When I took my students to Anzio, Italy, over 8,000 of our boys are buried there. And I'm giving them the lecture about what they did for us to be free, what they did to liberate the Italians from, from national socialism. These are lessons that need to be taught, but we also need to make them relevant to what's happening right now as you and I are engaging in this conversation. This is not hyperbole to say there is an international Marxist war to absolutely destroy the First Amendment of the United States, freedom of religion, speech, press, the peaceably assemble, and the right to petition our government to destroy the Second Amendment. And we understand that what really drives me crazy is to understand how pernicious the CCP is, how pernicious the dictator of China she is. When you look at what's happening with the building up of his, of his Navy and his military and the geopolitical maneuvering in the South China, South China Sea, excuse me, when you see actually how sophisticated they've come, they've come with technology when it comes to propaganda, and then you see Western media from CNN and ABC and CBS, when you see they're buying their lines and regurgitating them now to the American public, when literally millions of Americans are buying this bogus news. That's a, dis that's a distortion of reality. And somehow we've got to find a way to cut through that and shed the light of truth upon what's actually happening in this nation. Now, I think, Jake, that Donald Trump during his four years as president, uh, achieved as much as he did. I suspect this is true behind the scenes with China, because uh, I think he probably played this whole uh, matter of China literally being unable to achieve their uh, ultimate objective of global hegemony, because they're still way too dependent upon us buying the stuff they make. We moved our manufacturing to China, and I think that's where Trump was going with his ter with with his particular foreign policy agenda. I think Trump was probably the, as I look, look back on his four years, he was probably the best foreign policy president, maybe perhaps that America ever had. With what he achieved with North Korea, and the ways he achieved it were so were so um, were so creative and so effective. Look at what he was achieving in uh, the Middle East. Things, he was tamping things down in the Middle East. He was getting China maneuvered into a place where we had uh, the where we once again had the power to negotiate with China. Now we have no power we, under Biden. They say China says jump and, and America says how high there's not we're not a nation anymore. America is not a nation under this current regime, this current leadership that we've we didn't even Jake, we didn't even put him in power. I think I, I agree with Patrick Byrne. I think that Trump got 80 million votes and Biden got 69 million. That thing was a steal. They stole that election. America is a banana republic right now. And if 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 we don't wake up and fight, we are going to descend beyond banana republic into a, a form of communist communism that the world's never seen. America's I couldn't define it, but it's going to be more communist and Marxist because clearly they're not going to allow us to own private property. So it's not going to be any version of socialism or Marxism. It's going to be communism. There's not going to be any private property. We're not, 
they're going to use this technology to surveil us the way that they're doing it to their own people in China. They, so we're going to lose not just we're going to become slaves. We're going to become a kind of slave that the world has never seen because they're going to use this technology to know everything about us based on our emails. They, they're going to crawl everything that we give to the Internet and Facebook and everything. And then they're going to control us. They're going to make us slaves using these very complex uh, psychology driven driven algorithms. And they've already started this. Facebook is doing this to all of its users, and it's been doing it now for a number of years. They're manipulating the way we think. They're manipulating what, manipulating us toward purchasing what they want us to purchase. They're manipulating us to think what they want us to think and act the way they want us to act. This is very, very, very dangerous where we are right now. It's not coming, Jake. It's here. We are living under it. No, you're absolutely right. Look, you and I both know that this present president of the United States and the soon-to-be president, Kamala Harris, I mean, if even her roots are profoundly Marxist. People don't realize that. Uh, they're puppets. They're puppets to the CCP. They're puppets to this international common turn, so to speak. They understand ultimately, look, you and I both know that citizenship in this country is dying. The, the, you and I were raised where we did the Pledge of Allegiance. We understood the, the, the importance of what it meant to respect the flag and to honor those who've gone before us. So we and, and many nations of the world, we delivered peace to the world uh, not too long ago. But you, you rarely now in public schools seeing proper civics courses taught. There's no such thing as a border, the United States of America. And so what's this crisis, this non-crisis crisis, right, that we see down in the southern border? We know the media is covering up for Joe Biden. There are only a few stations out there actually saying it like it is. When Democratic uh, mayor of Del Rio, Texas, and Democratic congressman down in Texas are saying there's a problem, we understand that is globalism. That is international Marxism that's floodgating us in the southern border, literally. That's, I mean, that's one of many examples of what's happening in this nation that's facing this very nefarious monster that's out there that is really hell-bent on destroying our heavenly values and our freedom. Yes. And steal it, taking from us the most important uh, thing that we possess as, as humans, which is uh, the soul's capacity to pursue in a, in a, in, in a free will and uh, culture, a culture that that uh, nurtures the uh, capacity of humans to not be animals and to be humans created in the image of God with a free will. So uh, that is what it is, is, is at stake in this war. My, my grandson, Alexander, is never going to know could may never know. Well, here's the other. I'm going to change that. Even under communism in the Soviet Union, there were the Alexander Solzhenitsyn. The whole, if you look down through throughout human history, these tyrants come and go. These dictate these ideologies that are tyrannical come and go. The human soul remains. God is going someplace good, even when the most profound evils are present in our existence and in our world. He's going someplace good. God is going someplace good. And, but we are facing a threat to this to this American form of free will, releasing free will, which is defined under the First Amendment. We I, I grew up really appreciating the fact that I could 
uh, live in a country where I could campaign against people who believed that sexual orientation should be added to the Human Rights Act. And we could have a fair and open debate and that the media as an independent institution would fulfill its responsibility to inform and educate the electorate and the citizenry. And that's the way I, I manage those, those campaigns. I respected my adversaries as those who have the right to free will or, or uh, free, free speech, political and religious free speech. And, uh, and, and I wanted to learn from them and hear from them and, and expected the same thing from them. That's all gone, that's all going away. It's, it's, it may be gone now. I think what's left is a, is a weak version of it right now. And we'll see what the lawyers can do, right? We'll see what the politicians can do to try to preserve it, bring it back. But if you look at history, it's uh, this kind of, these kind of, um, th this system that we take for granted could be swept from the stage of history. It just could be, and we don't know what's gonna replace it, but I'm afraid it's gonna be communism. Yeah, you know, a lot of people use the term right now, we're in the phase of what they call soft totalitarianism. It, it's not at the level as it had been during the gulags of the Soviet Union or during Mao's Cultural Revolution or during uh, World War II with National Socialism or Imperial Japan. But the soft totalitarianism, if it continues at this rate, could lead to hard totalitarianism and the destruction of our constitutional republic. But this cancel culture right now is a cancer. This cancel culture is a cancer in the land. I think of the great uh, Supreme Court Justice, the Christian Clarence Thomas. I just showed his film, Created Equal, to my students about three weeks ago during Black History Month. I didn't do it for that reason, right? Because I think every month is American History Month, regardless of the color of your skin. I happened to show it, and I was dealing, I was trying to teach my students about being bored. Remember uh, Robert yeah, Bork's yeah. book, Slouching yeah. Towards Gomorrah? His oh, yeah, prediction about what was going to happen in this country if we took God out of the society. Remember, Francis Schaeffer's Communist Manifesto dealt with these kind of things. It could be uh, Dostoevsky who predicted that it, if you take God out of Russian society, a vacuum will fill it, a, a, a vicious atheistic vacuum. And, and Solzhenitsyn wrote about that. You know, we have forgotten God. Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War, when he saw the pernicious systemic racism of slavery and all the things that went on, he says, we have forgotten God. Ronald Reagan says, if this nation, if we ever forget that we're a nation under God, this nation will go under. And, 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 and of course, when Gramsci and these intellectual Marxists said, look, we can't get him with the barrel of a gun, we'll get him in the classroom. You and I both understand They've been very successful at that. As an educator at the high school and college level, it hurts my heart to see what's happening. It absolutely hurts my heart. I feel at times helpless. Sometimes it must be, what was it like for Winston Churchill to get into the House of Commons and give his speeches in 1936, 37, 38, 39, and say, there's a monster in the land. It's a crocodile and it wants to eat us. And of course the opposition would, would call him a fascist and call him all these negative terms and say he was a fool. And guess in the end who was right? Winston yeah. Churchill. And we're yeah. living in that time frame right now. I don't know 
you know, exponentially what that time frame me means. But I do know if you'd have said to me five years ago that they'd be canceling Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Yes. Seuss and all these things that appear to be just simple or not very important, but those little things add up to big things, big control totalitarian things of a culture that is hell bent, like I said, on destroying heavenly values. And we need it. Yes, I'm sorry. That's okay. We're talking with yeah. Jake Jacobs. He wrote the book Mob Rule, Unmasking the Radical Leftists at Our Doorsteps. And uh, at the beginning of the show, we have a live studio audience here on this live stream show. we got a couple people in here. And I uh, wanted to pause real quick and uh, remind all of you, if you want to jump in, if you want to make a comment or ask a question, then uh, feel free to do it anytime. Uh, but I'm going to pause just for two seconds because I'm going to keep this show moving. For two seconds, if you got a comment or a question, go ahead. So unmute and give us your comment or your question. I do have a question, Mike, before you count to two. All right, Harry, you go. You know, we have heard time and time again, previous speakers today with the two of you, you know, that we have to stop this. You know, we have to, we have to do something, define something. You know, it is a war, but wars have leaders, wars have have organization, wars have Good point. something, you know, all we have is battles that we lose. You know, Good. how are we going to win this without leaders? How are we going to win this with the cancel culture that's going on? Who's going to cancel the cancel culture? Amen. Good question, Harry. Good question. I got a quick answer for you. Send the maximum donation to the Heath for Governor campaign. $1,750 is allowed by the communists in Augusta, Maine. Here we go again. That much to the Heath and vote for him 10 times. And, and, I, and, I, and I promise not to spend a penny of it on myself. Um, but that's one thing we can do is we can find fearless leaders. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but um, we can find fearless leaders who are willing to you, you got to find leaders who are willing to die now. That's it. You need to find followers who are willing to follow. They got to be willing to go to prison. They got to be willing to give it all. You can sniff it in a nanosecond. Um, you got to you got to look at you got to look for leaders who are talking about the fight or who are accurately describing these stakes. You know what happens if we lose this, and who are uh, saying follow me, follow me. And every day is going to be a new battle. That's the way war is. Every day is going to be a new battle. There's going to be a new angle, a new nuance, a new angle of attack from the enemy, et cetera, et cetera. And so you need to pick the leader you trust and you need to get behind him and give him all the support he needs. Okay, but where is that leader going to find his following? Uh, you know, a, a leader that goes to prison is a leader in prison. That's all he right, is. But of course, you know, the example of those leaders changing the world are are supremely Christian, right? Beginning with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life and, and was resurrected. He was martyred. And then, of course, all the apostles were martyred. So um, that's where we're at. That's the, that's the metal. That's the quality of leadership that you need to choose to follow here. You need to choose to get behind that kind of a leader. Not the leader who's, who's uh, feeding you the GOP lines or who you can tell is... Uh, is using a narrative that is going to keep the fake media off his back. And you can tell, we can all tell, we can all sniff that in a nanosecond. Jake, well, am I off base on that? You know, we, uh, we, we need, 
we need a, a caliber of leadership. We need a wartime caliber of leadership. Jake, you, you, I've, well, look, I've monopolized I, the answer. I think, the answer. I think what Harry is asking here is maybe some practical aspects. <clears throat> I think of the great William Wilberforce, who dedicated 30 years of his life uh, through the political processes to end the slave trade and eventually slavery. It didn't come overnight. And he, it, when he started out, he was in a small, small minority. It seemed like an impossibility. But through his faith in God and his willingness to, you know, in times of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Well, it's time Jake, for us to act. And Jake, it's not think, just, I'm sorry. I think the point, I think the point you made there that, that's most critical in answering Harry's question is you said uh, we got to get political. Right, right. And in and, and this action, I know the frustration I can hear in Harry's voice is, hey, we, we, we can talk a good talk. But are, are we putting feet to our action? Is there authenticity to it? And I would argue that in some of this is, is being as wise as a, as a serpent and harmless as a dove. We've got to watch our rhetoric as far as being very uh, vile or negative in, in, a, in a very destructive sense. We have to be very wise to be able to alliance. I want to see the governor of Texas align with the governor of Florida, aligning with the governor of South, Eric, South Carolina and over 30 Republican legislations of authentic Republicans who understand true authentic Republican values and align together when we've got this big monstrosity in the deep state in DC. But when they come after us, we have a counter assault of pragmatism and wisdom where we join together in numbers. Because as you said, 80 million people, that's a lot of power. And I know there's a lot of people who have given up, but the fact is there's still millions and millions of us that want, it could be running for a school board. It could be educating yourself on these topics and then telling your friend, uh, telling, uh, telling a neighbor, telling somebody or helping somebody when it comes to educating their children. There's a thousand different ways for, uh, think of something practical, closing Republican primaries. So the Marxists and the Democratic Socialists can't vote in our primaries, making sure we primary rhino Republicans, making sure that we say to those who say that they're one of us, that we truly know who they are and that they're authentic. And I would and I would add to that, uh, Harry and Jake, this particular uh, tactic, which Christianity abandoned decades ago, but uh, I see conservatism and Christianity recovering now. Spencer, pull up uh, JP's video. This is just a couple minutes long, but I, I would argue that uh, the most potent weapon we have in the culture and in politics today is satire. And for the first time in my career, I'm starting to see satire uh, appear, which is extremely effective. The Babylon Bee is perhaps the best example of it uh, that I can think of that comes from a Christian perspective. But this, this young man, a millennial named JP, uh, is producing two or three videos a week that are just drop-dead hilarious. And this is his most recent. Go ahead, Spencer. Only a select few have what it takes to stand against free speech and self-responsibility, to serve their country by bullying and canceling people, to act out of hate and anger while believing they're helping. They are the woke mob, and the woke mob wants you. 
Do you have the mindset of an abuser and you're looking for someone to abuse in a group setting so that you're never held accountable? Are you desperate enough to feel like you belong, that you're willing to pledge your life to a mob of mentally unstable individuals? Are you up for the task of terrorizing people when they don't conform to your Marxist standards? The woke mob wants you. Would you like to courageously usher in socialism by acting like a whiny little child that wants the government to step in like a parent to protect you from everything that you're afraid of? Now you can with the woke mob. The woke mob offers you a powerful path of growth as an individual. Learn to be a leader as you boldly guide people to destroy objective truth as you lead them with the wisdom of your emotional hysteria. Be a part of the mission of spreading Marxism through Western society. Experience the adventure of courageously leaving hostile comments online as you hide behind your keyboard like a coward. Arm yourself with weaponized accusations of racism that you'll learn to fire before you aim to take down all people that aren't you. Learn to operate your life with the values of hatred, anger, and fear. Stand for something more by relentlessly victimizing yourself and bullying other people. In the woke mob, you'll acquire advanced skill training in how to forego nuanced thinking, communicating via emotional volatility, virtue signaling, peaceful protesting, mouth breathing, and elite level training in letting your group do your thinking for you. Are you ready for the woke mob? Would you like to ruin people's careers so they can't feed their children anymore? Would you like the opportunity to hurt innocent people? Are you ready to serve your community the way cancer serves the body? Do you have what it takes? Many are called, few are chosen. And the few scream louder than the many. Come scream with us. The few. The proud. The woke. <laughs> Oh my, that oh. is brilliant. Isn't that something? And well, uh, I, that, I, I got to have that with my book, The Woke Mob and Mob Rule. That is group, <laughs> your group, do your thinking for you. That's groupthink. That's Orwellian groupthink. That's that's like teacher think. That is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. JP is, uh, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I discovered him a couple years ago. And there's, there's a number of, there's a growing uh, effective, communications culture developing uh, online yes. and you know that's true because that's why youtube is uh has amped, the big tech has amped up this whole cancel culture idea and that they're uh, they've been implementing it now for the last five years and they're just increasing the uh the depth of of what they're uh, canceling i mean it's now clear uh jake that they intend on canceling all memory of christian history in europe they plan yep. on on they plan on forcing us to forget our history they they, they 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 are erasing it right now that's what tearing down all the statues last year was all about it's and absolutely right and and uh we've only got a couple minutes left jake but let's comment on what's what could happen here again we got the warm we got the winter ending we got the we got the color revolution battle of the of the millennium uh emerging here with the chauvin trial out in wisconsin right that's out where you are it's and, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Yeah, Minnesota. And uh, so you're, what happens? I mean, to me, it seems like it's obvious that they're going to convict. They're going to have to convict, right? They can't convict on the evidence, but they're going to convict on politics. 
so what happens when they what how do we get out of this without uh, massive violence in all of our cities look the, the the attorney general of minneapolis or minnesota excuse me used to be the second in charge of the democratic national committee keith ellison the first muslim ever elected in the congress He's a profound Antifa supporter. His son is on the Minneapolis City Council, who's an Antifa supporter. He played his cards in such a way that he's asking for second degree murder, which is intentional homicide. He couldn't get premeditated, but he's going for uh, intentional homicide. That makes it, that's a very, very high bar to be able to achieve. I think he wants the jury to find it not guilty because if he finds it not guilty, he's going to feed the flames of the woke mob, of the mob of Antifa and BLM. And this is what he wants. This is how you wear down. You grind down. This is an agenda uh, that grinds down the system to break down the, the, uh, the supports of our republic under God. And so I think he's very cunningly in Marx's in Marxist, typical Marxist form, uh, overshooting to hopefully get a not guilty uh, they're having a very hard time finding jurists, by the way. Yeah. They've already prejudiced this whole case when the, when the civil case uh, gave them $27 million to um, uh, George Floyd's family. And nobody wants to touch this because BLM and Antifa are threatening the lives of those people who will be on the jury. This sounds like systemic racism in Democratic Mississippi 1962 yeah. all over again. So yeah. it, it's going to get ugly. Either way you go, it's going to get ugly. We're talking with Jake Jacobs. You want to read his book, Mob Rule, Unmasking the Radical Leftists at Our Doorsteps. As we close here, we've used up the whole hour. I can't believe it. I really appreciate your time, uh, Jake. It's been uh, uh, been wonderful, inspiring, educational uh, hour. Share this with your friends. Get a copy of Jake's book. You should be seeing it on the screen there. And uh, go deeper with God and go deeper in your mind in terms of educating yourself about what's really going on here. So turn off the fake news. Turn off all the corporate controlled sources of news. Just turn it off. I'll tell you, the, probably the best thing you could do to help yourself the quickest in terms of exposing yourself to uh, news and information is uh, get on Telegram. Telegram is a free app and uh, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, all the people who you are watching be canceled and who you want to learn from and you want to hear from, they're all there and they're posting very frequently. For example, Lynn Wood is posting two, three, four, five times a day on Telegram. And uh, he's he's an inspiring figure uh, to many of us. And uh, D Donald Trump, I think, is he's got a channel there. I, he hasn't decided, I don't think, where he's going to go as far as his new Twitter. He was thrown off Twitter, but I don't think he's chosen a social network where he wants, where he's uh, going to be doing what he was doing on Twitter yet. I expect he will do that at some point. But uh, Jake, thanks again for being uh, on WCN TV live stream. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Michael. Shalom. Godspeed. God bless you, uh, dear listeners and viewers, and have a great uh, upcoming week. Mm -hmm.